Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. It's a song time, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. I have one that's been stuck in my head, but I don't know what the name of the actual song is. <laughs> is it a theme song or is it a regular song song? It's a song that you undoubtedly have heard on the internet. Okay, let's do it. That's it. I don't even. I don't even recognize it. <laughs> and you don't know the name of the song. I don't know the name of the song, but it is one of this. It's called the Epic Sax Guy, uh, Moldova. It's like the. It's like this. I'll just start playing it here. It's just. It, they have this thing where they do like it's in Europe where they like do like top musical artists or whatever, yeah. and this is you know they always perform live, and so. In one song, there's this one little bit where this guy's dressed up looking like a total bro playing the sax, and he just plays this over and over again. And it's turned into a meme because it's just like, look at the guy go. <laughs> but it was part of a larger song, and I don't know what the actual name is, but like, yeah, it's part of this like Moldova. Okay, it's here. It's called Runaway. But there's like a whole performance and it's like super epic. But at one point, he just break the whole song breaks down. And he does that little riff and, the, and then people just turn that this into an internet meme. This is the best name that tune ever. Yep. There is no <laughs> rhyme or reason to it. We spend about a minute on it. So how's it going, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And today, it's going to be a fun episode and one that has been a long time coming, I think. Yeah, today we're going to put a spotlight on other MTG content out there. You know, a lot of people have been, we've gotten this sort of sentiment a lot recently, which is like, how did I just now find you guys? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Game Nights has really exposed us to a lot of people that maybe wouldn't have found us otherwise. And, you know, we thought it would be nice that people are finding us to help them find some other content out there that maybe they haven't been aware of until now. Which is pretty exciting because there's a lot of magic content out there. A lot. But first, before we dive into all of our favorite content creators in the world and spotlighting people in the community, this show is brought to you by another community member, CardKingdom.com. You may have seen them on the Twitters. They've been doing a lot more videos recently. And they're also an online retailer of Magic the Gathering cards, accessories, and products. You can go to CardKingdom.com slash CommandZone. That's our affiliate link. If you use that link and then buy some stuff from them, they'll know that we sent you. Yep, and they also just started a blog. They've been, like Jimmy said, tip, dipping their toe in the water of content creation. So another reason to go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You can check that stuff out. We also have a second sponsor for the show. Very exciting, and we've worked with them before on Game Nights. They actually helped make Game Nights a reality. So a big thank you to Ultra Pro woo -hoo, for sponsoring the show. Ultra Pro, as you guys know, is probably the single largest manufacturer of Magic the Gathering everything. Like, probably 80% of the stuff behind me that's not Magic Cards is made by Ultra Pro. Yeah, sleeves, playmats, deck boxes, binders, all that stuff. In fact, 
we've talked a lot lately about the eclipse sleeves, which yeah. the professor, who we'll talk about later, but he dubbed them the best sleeves on the market right now. I'm, in, I'm currently in the process of re-sleeving all my decks into eclipse oh, sleeves. Really? They're awesome. I mean, once you've gone eclipse, you'll never go back. <laughs> Bold claim. Bold <laughs> claim. I agree, though. The, the Eclipse Leaves are awesome. You guys see them in play on game nights. And finally, the other way to sponsor the show and support us is through our Patreon at patreon.com slash command zone. You can find out all the details there, how you can unlock the full version of Lifelinker and a bunch of other cool prizes you can get. Every show, we shout out a new patron. And this show, we're going to give a big old shout out to... Paul Ortiz. Ortiz. Paul? You rock. Thanks, Paul, for joining the show. We appreciate all of your support. And with that, we have one last thing to mention. Uh, if you're going to Grand Prix Vegas this year from June 15th to the 18th, stick around till the end of the episode. We have an announcement, and we're going to talk about our gathering slash meetup and what else we're going to be doing at the convention. So there's been a big shakeup that we need to talk about before we get into our main, main topic. This is sort of like a last-minute addition because it just happened uh, really basically as I was heading over here. Yeah, this morning. So this is the new Magic Online ban list for 1v1 Commander, although it does affect the multiplayer Commander for Magic Online. So Wizards kind of took control of a new ban list and announced it today. Uh They've said in their article that this is focused on 1v1 because that's mostly how people play Commander on Magic Online, but because they don't want two separate ban lists online, it will affect the multiplayer people playing on Magic Online. This ban list will still apply to them, but they don't mean yeah. for it to be applied to paper Commander. Not at all. And it's very confusing because we just had a banning and unbanning uh, very recently on Paper Commander. So, and this directly will contradict that. Um, yes, and yeah. actually this contradicts the paper ban list in a lot of ways because it's focused on 1v1. So we've talked about like French Commander before or Dual Commander, and that has a separate ban list. Some people are like, wait, Soul Ring is banned. Well, it's actually banned on French Commander slash Dual Commander rules, I believe. So there are a lot of ban lists floating around. This is not meant to confuse you, but just know that this is specifically only for Magic Online Commander. We're going to talk about it here because it is Wizards officially... Like, the French Commander ban list is handled by another third party. The Commander Paper multiplayer ban list is handled by what we call the Rules Committee, which is Sheldon Mennery and a few others. And now we have Wizards and their online ban list. This is all a little bit... It's frustrating to me. I don't like it because it's becoming confusing. And what we have is a format that's very healthy. There's been very little change for like two years in Commander. I mean, there's been a couple of little rule changes, but really they stood pat for one entire uh, ban cycle and didn't ban anything. And they even unbanned something and banned one card. Very little change. Most people, I think, would say that Commander's in a really good place right now. And so I'm frustrated because uh, this feels like just throwing a wrench into something that's like, you know, as close to perfect as we're likely to get in the game world. For me, I don't really care because the wrench that's being thrown into the machine is a relatively small one and it's only online and specifically 1v1. For me, I see this as a potential to get more information on what works and what doesn't and whether or not you know, Soul Ring is as powerful of a card as it is and if it needs that consideration. But the problem is they're only going to consider it in 1v1. So now they're going to go to a bunch of data for 1v1 and apply it to multiplayer. I mean, well, who says they're going to do that though? Well, you just said. 
Well, I'm saying they're going to get data. It doesn't mean they're going to apply it. At the very least, I don't. I just don't think this affects enough people that it's going to be like, oh, Commander Shakeup or whatever, because the rest of us paper players, the vast majority of people that play Commander are just going to keep rumbling on like normal. So it's kind of just like, something's happening over there. They have their own sort of thing going on. If something bad comes out of it, then I think the rabble will continue to rouse. But Yeah, I've, I mean, I have said in the past that I think I want Wizards to take command of the ban list just to make it official but i don't want it to do it in this manner because i feel like if they're focusing on 1v1 that's not what commander is i've said this many times in the past to me it's a little bit of a misnomer that we named our format commander because yes i know that that's sort of the pillar of our format is that you always have that one card available to you but 1v1 to me really is not even commander it's like legacy light and if you look at the most played cards in 1v1 commander and you look at the most played cards in legacy they line up pretty closely and so to me, what makes Commander Commander is multiplayer. That's what makes it different. I mean, when you get right down to it, Legacy, Vintage, Modern, Standard are all just deck building constraints, but they're all 1v1 formats. And one and Commander 1v1 is just another deck building constraint. So it's more like those other four, the, but none of those and, and no other real format has the multiplayer aspect. And I think that's what really makes Commander Commander. And so it yeah. scares me this whole... They're going to think... gather data, and I well, just, I'm worried they'll okay, miss Hold on, it. that's that's me saying they're gathering data. Not, they did not say that anywhere else. That's like me putting no, my no, own I, ideas I know, this. that's my worry, though, is that they're going to start to make decisions that are going to inevitably, because people are going to come I mean, out and say, the oh, thing Wizards is, said this. The thing is, I would just wait until it actually happens in this case. And, and the big thing is that, the, is that that multiplayer sucks online. It's just it's a really unfun way to play Commander because... Right, you, know, you don't have the social dynamic. You don't have the social dynamic. You lose a lot of the, politi- the political aspects, and also, like it's really easy to miss something, right? In Commander, it's only like, hold, hold, hold on, let's back up. You did that, I need to do this. In Multiplayer Commander, if you hit one button, it's like, oh, and that opportunity is gone. So it's like a really poopy way to play Commander online is I could see something feasibly being Wizards being like, all right, online Commander, we ha- will have a very specific rule set just for 1v1. I sort of wish they they'd rename it or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They might rename it, it to something else. it just causes confusion that they call Commander. Well, let's go into a little bit of the specifics. Uh, I counted them up. The paper Commander ban list currently has 37 cards on it. That's They took Protean Hulk off and they put Leovold on, so that kind of was a wash. The online, the new uh, ban list that Wizards just announced, again, 1v1 Magic Online Commander focused, is 54 cards. So mm-hmm. they've got 17 more cards banned. And specifically, they put them into a bunch of categories. Fast Mana, Combo Enablers, Oppressive Commanders, and other, and then Multiplayer Pointed Bands, which seems like the most useless of them all because they said they're really focusing on 1v1. So Fast Mana, um, as always, Black Lotus and the Power Nine are banned. Um, and the cards that are newly added to this, most notably for everyone, is Soul Ring. Yeah. Uh, there's also Gaia's Cradle, Mana Crypt, and Mana Vault. Um, so, and I think Mishra's Workshop is legal in Commander, right? I don't know. I don't want to talk about every single card that's different. That Another just thing, seems like a fall- like <laughs> like a bad way to go. But there are a lot of differences. But but Soul Ring's the big one, right? Yeah. But that's and, not uh, that different than French Commander, which always had Soul Ring banned. Because in one v one, the player that gets Soul Ring, yeah, and well, yeah, the other player dominates. doesn't. You just win. Whereas uh, in multiplayer, you can gang up and, and sort of even out that. Notably, advantage. a lot of cards that are on here, like Mishra's Workshop are a lot easier to obtain online than they are in person. So I could also see them becoming more of a prom- prolific issue because it's like, oh, I can get the Matrix Workshop really easily in the same way that you can get a Black Lotus online 80 times more easily than you could in real life and for a much cheaper price. So I can see why that might also contribute to some of the fast mana bans. But uh, Guy's Cradle, one of your favorite cards that you've used to great effect on game nights, also is gone. Yep. Um, Sensei's Divining Top. 
it yeah. is banned in online now, but that obviously not in paper. Seems almost entirely for time constraints, because <laughs> it's multiplayer oriented bans. That's that's what's under here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It says this is a this is a logistical consideration for Magic Online multiplayer. Since it's dividing top is a one of the I, we should cards. say they are starting to have events on Magic Online where there will be prize payouts, which mm -hmm. is one of the reasons I think that they need to sort of balance the format a lot more than we would worry about. And yeah, again, you can since now... it's one on one, it's really just pushing Commander more towards what Legacy is to me. You know, it's not that different than sort of a Legacy event would look like. It's just they're trying to make the ban list reflect you know, sort of a fair and even 1v1 playing field. Yeah, I think it's, they want to put events online so that more people will play Commander online, and as a result, they need to be more restrictive on what works 1v1 in these new queues, these sort of, like, friendly Commander leagues that they're doing that you can win tickets and play points. So, as a result, it makes sense that they want to make sure that, you know, you don't just get run over every single time you put money or points into one of these things. They've got a whole section uh, that is oppressive commanders, so commanders that are bad banned, notably that are not on the paper ban list but are banned online. Uh, Zur, Yisan, Derevi, all deemed unworthy for Magic Online. But <laughs> in an awkward situation, Leovold, who was just banned in paper, is not banned on Magic Online. I He's suppose totally his fine. effect is slightly less powerful when it's one player instead of three players not be able to draw any cards, but... Yeah, and then, of course, <laughs> in a funny twist, Protean Hulk is banned online, but was just unbanned in paper. So it's almost like the most recent thing the rules committee just did, Magic Online decided to flop those. Yeah, or they had no idea that they were going to do it, and they had this list already made. I mean, they have sense. people on the rules committee, so they, they must have known. I don't know how far in advance they know that stuff, though. Who this knows? stuff could have been set in motion months ago, and uh, they just decided you know, a few weeks ago to ban the... Uh, yeah. The stuff in paper. I don't know exactly how that timeline works. A but. lot of combo enablers are gone, including Survival of the Fittest, Food Chain, and Tomb. Uh, so there's just a lot. It's interesting. Doomsday for another one. Um, it's Hermit Druid, too, is gone. I will say that much. So that's a card that I think it makes sense why it's gone. <laughs> but this is, yeah, it's interesting. It's a lot of cards banned. And honestly, everyone watching, everyone listening, 99.5% of us will never have this affect us. 99.5. That's yeah. pretty exact. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm estimating. I mean, like, look, I've never played Commander on Magic Online, and I really have no interest to because I'm interested in playing it with people more than one person that I can see and talk to everyone. That's that's the, to me, the heart of Commander. For to me. me, I'm going to play 1v1 online. It's going to be limited, or it's going to be sealed or drafted. Oh, right, yeah, 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 obviously. There's no reason for me to go play 1v1 Commander, which, I again, I do not consider to be Commander. So, uh, yeah. And it's something we never did before, and I don't think this is going to change that. For the people that are really dedicated to it, to however, I mean, maybe let's say a 1,000 people, great. There are like you know way more of that playing paper. So that's my worry is because there's so f the the online commander community is so small that it really shouldn't affect many people. But what's happened here is because it's wizards officially making this ban list that that's going to proliferate in a way that's not commensurate with the amount of people that play Magic Online. Yeah, but I don't know how many sense. people are going to make a Magic Online deck and then build that deck in real life. I'm just saying you know that the I mean? disparity between the two lists is going to be irksome. Theoretically, even though in reality it doesn't actually cross over and matter very much. I, that's my worry is that the discussion will be like, well, why are they different? That's confusing, blah, blah, blah. And then, I don't know. I don't know. I'm frustrated I, by the whole thing. I I wish, I don't know. I think Wizards has realized that no one plays Commander online and would like to change that. And they're making it more of a 1v1 format online, which seems... Call it something else. Uh, well, yeah, I would like for them to call it something else. But 
I don't really disagree with them wanting to make Magic Online a better place for people to play every kind of format they want to, should they want to, if that makes sense. And right now, multiplayer Commander Online is almost non-existent, so. All right, well, we're not going to solve this right now. Let's move on to our main topic, which is a much happier one. Um, it is the community spotlight. And you'll probably hear everyone talking about this. This is true. Community. This is true. This is going to be a You want to get for... a lot of opinions about this? <laughs> You're going to get them after this episode. <laughs> um, so there's a ton of awesome Magic content out there. Uh, sometimes it can be hard to find. So we're hoping we can introduce you to some of our favorite stuff. Uh, before we start, I want to say there's there's definitely going to be a lot of content oh, yeah. out there that we don't mention on the show, and we're not trying to insult or marginalize anybody by leave, leaving them off this list. I mean, just like everybody out there, we certainly don't know about all the magic content that exists. Um, you know, we find new content all the time. Yeah. So we also piece this together over like a night and a half. So if we forgot anything, we may have just literally forgotten it. So yeah, it's very probable if we miss like your favorite single magic content creator that we just aren't even that familiar with it. Uh, there are only so many hours in the day. And once you have sort of your normal stuff that you check, you sometimes don't stray out of that. And that's what we're hoping to solve for you. And hopefully you can mm -hmm. help solve that for us in the to the listeners question. So let's begin. We sort of categorize stuff. And the first category we're going to call the all purpose general magic, the gathering content. And uh, I really want to say quickly too that for some of the really big creators, we're not going to spend a ton of time on them because we're assuming you know about them. And if you don't, you should go find out more. But yeah, we're not going to harp on about. I mean, sitting here and talking for a long time about the professor in Tularian Community College just does. It seems like we're preaching to the choir. So also, we just don't really want to talk about Brian that much. <laughs> We'd rather just gloss over that one. Just don't equate the amount of time we spend on one of these creators with how much yeah. we love it. Okay. So having said that, let's begin with the biggest, clearly unequivocally and the most professorial it is Tolarian community college hosted by the one the only the professor the prof prof as everyone calls him uh he is a community standard obviously we've already referenced him in the show he does all sorts of stuff and i think he's most well known for his product reviews yeah he definitely got his start by reviewing products so he'll take like a whole bunch of different uh sleeves um card sleeves and he'll just compare and contrast the different brands and he really does put them through the ringer and he really does use them for multiple weeks and you know see how they hold up and what the issues are and really he's the first person that really started doing that um it's one of the reasons that we say we use him as the barometer for how good like the eclipse sleeves by ultra pro are is because the professor knows about that stuff better than anybody else yeah and he doesn't pull any punches no either. not at all <laughs> uh, and he reviews sleeves uh, deck boxes binders pages play mats, play mats everything. everything but yep. it's expanded a lot over the years uh to include many things including a lot of stuff that jimmy and i have been a part of yeah so he does a lot of skits and sketches you may have seen the like planeswalker series where he interviews a planeswalker or it's like a planeswalker at college complaining about something in the story you yeah know, it's, it's called office hours yeah it's it's really fun he's used christine sprankle in a few of them as well ashlyn rose jimmy you were jason one of them yeah we had a uh, garrick as a uh, graham, graham. From Lo Lo yeah. run they're he really great they're really funny the professor uh who is very familiar with the story of magic and he's also an english professor in real life or was um you know he writes like great little dialogue bits for to, mm -hmm. to talk about that stuff and they're really funny um he also gets a little help from megan and maria as well on some yeah writing, true actually yeah that's so a good he's point a, he's I a say. big collaborator as well as we've obviously had him on the show yeah megan and maria i think 
have have written a lot of those office hours actually. Um, and he does deck techs also, so he he loves modern, but he'll also do commander deck techs and sometimes he did a Leopold deck, deck tech. Yeah, he did a Leopold <laughs> deck tech <laughs> like a week before it got banned. It's okay, he can do it for a uh, uh, paper com- or uh, online commander. Deck there you go. It's a one v one commander. Silver in uh, response. Yeah, I have a show with a professor called In Response, which is a debate show where we sort of debate the uh, hot topics in the magic community. Maybe we'll talk about this um, this MTGO new 1v1 ban list. <laughs> uh, and many, many more. The, the, the width and breadth of what the, the professor does is very large, and he tends to put out about three videos a week. And they're all across the spectrum. And like I said, we're preaching the choir. There's about a 99.5% chance that you already know about him but that's our go-to for that 0.5 percent you're crazy if you're not watching the professor yeah and you can find it at youtube.com slash talarian community another youtuber that we really love is the manasaurus wedge from the manasaurus we've seen your comments we know that you guys want him on game nights and trust us it is something that we are always trying to figure out and work towards because we love wedge wedge is one of the hardest working guys out there he does um MTG News, which is a lot of preview card updates, he'll cover stuff the day it happens. Yeah. You know, he gets into the studio and has his team, and they're working around the clock to get content out as timely as possible. Yeah, during preview season, the Mana Source is such a great place to go to every day, or even multiple times a day sometimes, to just keep on top of all the new cards that are coming out, because he'll highlight the best ones, what decks maybe they go in, how they'll play in limited, but he does it in quick, concise videos, and they're very up-to-date. Yeah, and not to mention, I think Wedge embodies a lot of what makes the game great for a lot of people, which is like he gets genuinely stoked about all this stuff. And who cares if it's not the most powerful card in the world? There is a deck that wants it somewhere, and Wedge is like a great source. He is the mana source. He is the mana source. Uh, the, the channel also does things like de- uh, draft guides. Again, there's a lot of deck techs where they'll break down a maybe a, a budget standard deck or, you know, some, or even other formats. Mm-hmm. Um, does a lot of top 10 lists. He also does the uh, the worst cards of all time series. Yeah, which we hadn't come on for a podcast episode. That was a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> so Wedge and the Mana Source are a great source for all kinds of magic content. And you can find them on YouTube.com slash the Mana Source. He's kind of like the professor. 99.5% of you know about him. But those that don't, you should check out. Pillars of the community, you might say. Yeah, I, they're the top two YouTubers in magic for sure. Um, and... For good reason. For good reason. Hard work pays off. All right. The next one is our good friends who we just spoke about, Megan and Maria from Magic the Amateuring. So Magic the Amateuring started out as a podcast, and it mostly focuses on standard, limited, sometimes modern. They also have an interview-style version of the podcast, which is called Magic the Prothering, <laughs> because they'll get a professional player on there, Which so they decide they couldn't call it amateuring if they have Reduke yeah. or something. They've had like Craig Wesco and all those guys on before. Yeah, and they've recently expanded to YouTube, and their channel has a lot of additional stuff um, beyond just their podcast. So you might be familiar with their podcast and not know that they have a YouTube channel with a bunch of other additional content, like they'll do draft, cube, and sealed primers, they do top 10 lists, like the top 10 most underrated cards in the Amonkhet sealed format or it's things like that. They they uh, have Cube April, who was on in response and is another mm-hmm. uh, big person in the community and is very good at Magic Online Cube. She'll come on and do videos for them, too. Notably, they are probably the funniest people I know. That are yeah, we just wrote content. down 
funny as hell. Yeah, they did their, a musical episode oh, that was incredible. Their musical episode is so good. I think it's their episode 200. Yeah. That's worth just going over and checking out right now. Like, they yeah. wrote, like, Broadway-style songs and sang them. Like, uh, they put us to shame. Yeah, they're great too. And you may have seen articles by them on the mothership. They're also doing a lot of official coverage. So sometimes you'll see them milling about behind players at Pro Tours. Doing I think the Maria iPad thing. was uh, the face of the new Access Magic for mm-hmm. Amon Ket. So mm-hmm. they're definitely like, yeah, they're definitely visible faces and, and big pillars of the magic community. Yeah, they are awesome in every way. And I always look forward to seeing them at conventions and stuff because. Maybe, yeah, they're, they're literally two convinced. of my favorite people in the whole community. Like, they're just yeah. hilarious and funny. And they know their stuff about magic, and they're just great to have around. So magictheamateuring.com is the place to find all that content. You can also just look them up on your podcast apps or uh, on YouTube. Someday we'll get them into playing Commander. We did do one episode, but they don't really play Commander, so it was tough. But maybe at GP Vegas we can convince them. Yeah. All right. Our our, uh, last all-purpose general MTG uh, creator we are going to talk about is Loading Ready Run. There are too many people in Loading Ready Run to mention. Yeah, I mean, there's... This is a... I mean, I love LRR, as you may know them. Uh, they do a little bit of everything. Most notably, they've been doing the pre-pre-releases recently, which is a pre-release for every new set, but a week before the pre-release. So it's the pre-pre-release, and they get to bring in community people, as well as Wizards uh, people, as well as some people from Loading Ready Run. Josh was at the Amonkhet one. I went to Eldritch Moon and, I believe, Shadows. Shadows yeah. So I go Jimmy to- did two. Yeah, two in a row, because <laughs> uh, I did Axis Magic that year, so I think they really wanted me to go. Uh, yeah, the pre-pre-release is super fun, and they're the first look uh, for you know the world as a whole of people playing this set. They also have a, a, a drama, I guess. It's like a sitcom kind of. Dramedy? A dramedy. Yeah, no, yeah. not a drama. It's a comedy show, but it's, yeah, it's a half, it's, it's, it's not a half-hour comedy, but it <laughs> sort of fits that mold like a TV show would. It's called Friday Nights, and it sort of follows... All of the various shenanigans and hilarity around a group of people that play magic that are played by all the people from Loading Ready Run. Um, it goes on the official. That show goes on the official uh, Magic YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and and that's where you can find it. Very popular, super funny. In fact, they just came back to and did a new episode for the first time uh, after a long hiatus. It was called Amon Cats. Amon Cats. So uh, it's pretty good. Kathleen uh, has in a Ketra deck that she's trying to get somebody to play. Yeah, uh, I'll let you watch it, but it's very funny. Honestly, we can't even encapsulate how much Loading Ready Run does. Uh, they do a, a podcast called Tap Tap Concede, and I was on that once in the past. But they, yeah, they do all sorts of stuff. They do uh, a lot of streaming as well, so a lot of magic stream, but also just a lot of different kinds of games and stuff. I mean, this is sort of an all-purpose, a lot of different games, like collective group of people that we have all come to learn and love. I love these guys. Yeah, that's one thing I'll say about Loading Ready Run that's maybe different than Magic the Amateuring, the Professor, and the Mana Source, which is like they have a ton of Magic content, but they also have content that relates to other games and other things, and their stream will have them playing Magic or sometimes them like unboxing uh, live on the stream, but then also they'll be playing Minecraft or they'll be playing some other game. They also do a bunch of short-produced comedy sketches called crap shots they have a whole ton of different content there's they're a big group so they're able to output a lot of content and so they're just somebody that i would definitely check out um again loadingreadyrun.com is the place you can find all of that stuff yeah certainly big pillars of the community uh beyond magic and you'll see them at like packs and stuff and they'll have booths oh we didn't talk about their biggest thing which is desert bus Oh, right. Desert Bus for Hope. Yes. So Desert Bus for Hope is, uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but it is a charity event that they do each and every year. And it's a huge event and they run 
they raise tons and tons of money for a really good cause. Uh, I think it's coming up fairly soon. I don't really know what time of year they do it, but yeah, Child's Play Charity is the uh, the main charity that they raised for last year. Seven hundred thousand dollars, essentially. Yeah, six hundred ninety-five thousand dollars raised so far this year. Like that is that's crazy. So that's a great thing that they do, and a reason to support them. Uh, yeah, right there. Uh, again, loading ready run. Make sure to check them out. So uh, at the bottom, of the, before I throw this page, I'm going to have to read the uh, the last thing because I noticed the next category is written on here. It is Commander Content. That Pretty was, good. That was, that was a good nice. throw. It was like a helicopter. <laughs> your, your face like this. It's like, whoa, wow. I'm like a cat. Uh, the first podcast we're going to talk about is the Commander's Brew podcast featuring Andy Hull and Sean Tiberis. Uh These guys are fantastic. They're both comedians, and they do a lot of improv, and they are incredibly funny, obviously. And uh, we play with them a few times. Andy's come down to L.A. I've been up in Canada and played with Sean. Yeah, very good uh, players. Well, I'm going to say players, even though I haven't played with Sean, you have. Um, I'm assuming based on Andy that they're both very good players. They're very budget-focused, so usually their episodes will be each of them build a deck, but they have to stay under like a $50 limit for the entire deck, wow. which uh, we've both been guests on their show before and have learned that that is difficult to do. <laughs> it's really hard. You <laughs> yeah. were like, I want to put this $20 card in. It's like, no. If I do that, then I re- literally can't spend more than 20 cents on any card in the yeah, deck. Yeah, it's just pennies for the rest. Yeah, but Commander's Brew, it, it, I think they build the deck pretty much every single episode. We have a lot of people ask us on the show, like, what are budget options for different cards? And uh, Andy and Sean are the perfect place to figure that stuff out because they sort of have found a bunch of the staple budget cards that replace what we would call the staple cards. Like, Ristic Study is a card we talk about all the time. Well, it's expensive, so they have their budget card that fits that slot in, uh, you know, most decks or whatnot. So I would definitely encourage people to go there. Our next Commander podcast that we all like to talk about a lot and also have had one of their hosts on the show many times is Commanderin. It's hosted by Phil DeLuca and Sean Watson. Sean hasn't been on the show because uh, he's across the pond. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. But Phil has been here in person when we do the Commander Summit with him and Andy. That's another place where we may have seen uh, both of these hosts. Yeah, it's it's. This is more of a general Commander podcast. Uh, they've got a bunch of cool segments like the Watch List. The Watch they, List. Doo, 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 that's their uh, that's their music or my impression of it. Yeah, they um. They'll sort of like pick a card that they think is you know band worthy and not necessarily band worthy, but something that's that's in that realm and. Uh, you know, they did. I think they talked about Leovold as one of the watch list cards, so they kind of yeah. called it. Yeah, and Phil is uh, is a well known hater of all things Phyrexia and uh, and Leovold, so <laughs> he has made his opinion known about that. This is true. The, sh- the show has also kind of morphed um, recently into more of a focus on interview style stuff. So they tend to get a lot of people from Wizards of the Coast, like uh, Ethan Fleischer's been on there many mm-hmm. times. I think they've had Sean Main, Sam Stoddard. Um, so they've kind of filled that role, and and. I would say one of the reasons why we haven't done that as much is, frankly, because Commander does it so well that it doesn't seem like there's much point for us to go out and do the same thing they're doing with the same person. So I love that they're doing that because I love to listen to those episodes and get a lot of insight uh, on what they're doing. I'm not saying, like, I wish they wouldn't do it so we could. I'm just saying, like, that's how good they are. They're doing it so well that it's like, well, there's no need for us to, like, interview uh, Ethan Fletcher or whatnot because they're asking all the questions that we would ask anyway. Um, They also get... You know, community members and things on there. I know they recently had an episode with um, Sheldon Menery talking about the new band. So, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, CommanderinMTG.com is where you can find them. And I don't think I read the URL for Commander's Brew, but that's CommandersBrew.com. Yep. Just and to rewind. Of course, if you're a podcast listener, you can just look them up on your podcast app. All right. 
Next up, we have one of my personal favorite sites. It's edhrec.com, run by Donald Miner. And for me, this is the number one EDH website because it's, it, it does exactly what it sounds like. It recommends you cards based on collating all of the other decks online from you know tapped out and a bunch of other deck building websites. It's got 140,000 decks and counting. And you can do a lot of stuff like you can like, all right, I'm going to look up a set or I'm going to look up a commander that is a three-color Jund commander. And it gives you all of the Jund commanders you can build around that are legal in the format. And you can it even gives you the partner commanders as well. You click on any of them, and it's going to say, all right, this is taking from 570 decks of people that built around Crash, And it's going to show you the cards that people most play, signature, signature cards of the deck, uh, instants and sorceries. And it's just a great way to start building any deck if you have, and you're like, I don't know where to start. Easy. EDA Trek makes it easy. Yeah, what this site does is it sort of scrapes the information from places like MTG Salvation, Tapped Out, all those deck lists. It correlates them, aggregates them, then does a bunch of statistical breakdowns on what cards are played. And so you get sort of the most played cards in each commander, or you can even just pick a random card. Like right here, Corpse Jack Menace is a card. And you can see what are the top commanders that use that card. But not just that, you can see what are the other cards that show up frequently in the same decks with Corpse Jack Menace. Yep. It's a way to go about deck building that's it's great. We've talked about it on the show before, especially with new commanders, when you can find a mechanic that works with a new commander. Nobody's built that deck yet, so you don't have a good roadmap. EDH Rec still has a whole ton of tools to allow you to sort of find cards that you wouldn't otherwise be able to find just by typing words into the gatherer. Yeah. Um, also, they've started to do articles and they have an entire article section now on EDH Rec. And some of our old friends, like Andy Hull, uh, writes articles there. Also, Nate Burgess, uh, mm -hmm. formerly of Commanderin, all writes articles there. A bunch of other people. Um, our buddy Jason Alt is the editor of the article section of EDH Rec. So you can find articles. Like uh, the top one right now is uh, Commander Showdown, Oketra versus Heliod. Um, it's an article by... Uh, Joseph Schultz, and it just sort of breaks down the differences between those two commanders, and there's a whole ton of awesome content on EDH Rec that's not just the statistical part. Yeah, oftentimes if you have a... Uh, we get a lot of questions on Twitter like, hey, is X better than X? You know, this is a great place to look. Is our articles that explain the answer and also go super deep into it. So a great question is Oketra versus Helia. They're very similar mono-white god commanders, and for the same CMC, they can put a creature on the battlefield, but which one is better? Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking Spoilers. of our speaking of our buddy Jason Alt, he is the originator of what's called the seventy five percent theory, and so there's a bunch of seventy five percent articles. Now Jason has hopped around to different websites over the years, so you can find those articles sort of in different places. But Jason has started a movement that's so big that so many people know about, and I don't always. I don't think they always know that it comes from him. Uh, but it's the idea that you build your deck not to be the fully tuned 100% that it can be. You build it to somewhere around 75% of its possible power level. And then that deck has the ability to beat the 100% decks. You know, it has mm -hmm. to have a good draw. You have to play tight, but you have a chance. But it doesn't just destroy and crush the weaker decks that you might run into. And it sits at a nice place where you're able to play it against 
sort of all comers and not feel terrible like you're oppressing everybody, but also f- not feel hopelessly outclassed. Yeah, and the majority of these 75% sort of set reviews that he does are on Gathering Magic. So he just did one for Amonkhet, obviously, and he talks about the cards that are not the most top-tier cards, but the ones that are you know good for these 75%. They sit in that nice little range of powerful, but not busted. Jason is really all over the place with where you can find his content. Gathering Magic, EDH Rec, I think MTG Price. Uh, he does Brainstorm Brewery, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. He's, I, I might call him the Ryan Seacrest of the magic world. He's just <laughs> Jason a, is very flattered. He's just a hardworking guy. I'll take I'll take out the very little talent part. Ah uh, yes, very, Ryan Seacrest <laughs> that does a little stand up on the side as well, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a stand up comic too. So man, Jason Alt, the Ryan Seacrest of magic. You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Sorry, Jason. I would it's... take it as a compliment. Jeez, if you called me the Ryan Seacrest of magic, I'd be like, why? Thank you. <laughs> but Ryan Seacrest is annoying. I mean, um, he also makes a lot of money. Oh, All right, he makes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Okay, go ahead. Commander versus. Now, obviously, we love Commander gameplay content. That's why we make game nights. But there is a lot of Commander content out there. And thank goodness, because every kind of different content caters to a different kind of group of people. And Commander versus is a series that you can find. Uh, Jeremy Knoll uh, is a friend of the show, and he uh, has also done... We'll talk about it later on. But yeah, Jeremy Knoll, Justin Parnell, Jonathan Suarez, Stephen Green... It's a full-on, you get to see full games of Commanders, and they always do stuff that's themed around all the new sets and stuff. So, for instance, of course, they're going to do something similar to what we did, which is playing Hapatra versus Samet versus Temet versus Neheb, all of the new cool legendary creatures from Amonkhet. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's their sort of latest video. They do it in seasons, so I think we're on season seven, and that mm-hmm. was episode four. But it's great because a lot of people watch game nights, and they're like, I wish I could see more. Well, Commander versus can scratch that itch for sure. You can go over there. You can watch uh, live gameplay. And it's a very cool series. They have, they do sort of a running total. They have a point system. They have some rules where you lose points, like if you combo off, or I don't know exactly how it all works, but they definitely do a point system. Sometimes they'll dress up in crazy costumes like we do on game nights. It's very fun. Definitely worth checking out. You can just search for Commander VS, as in Versus, on YouTube, and that's going to pop up. Yeah, some of the matchups they have are hilarious. You know, they'll do the ones where it's like, Ammon Cat, whatever, but they'll also do stuff like, all right, let's do uh, Feldegriff versus Drownu versus Hyksis versus Sheree, which are like cards that I've never... Honestly, outside of Drownu, I've never played yet. They also did April Fool's Sliver Hive Lord versus Sliver Queen versus Sliver Overlord versus Sliver Legion. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I know some Sliver players out there that's like, that's a dream come true. What do you mean, yeah, April Fool's? That's a nightmare come true. <laughs> um, so that is some great Commander content. Obviously, there's a lot out there. We can't talk about it all, but those are sort of our topics right now. Let's move on to Jimmy and my second love. Which limited. is the draft and sealed focus stuff, the limited content. Um, there's really one that stands out above the rest. And again, 99.5% of you will know about this kind of what I would, it's similar to the Tillerian community college in the limited world, which is (laughs) limited resources. The podcast, this is hosted by Marshall Sutcliffe and Louis Scott Vargas, also known as LSV. It's the number one biggest podcast in magic period, not just in limited. Um, it's also easily the number one resource for limited magic, mostly draft. I would say that they focus uh, you know, 99.5% on draft and a little bit on sealed. But these guys, you know, Marshall has been running this show for a long, long time. They're on episode number 386, so Oof. over seven years. LSV's now been on the show for quite a while. Um, they're just great. This is sort of the, before pre-releases especially, it's sort of the can't-miss 
uh, podcast that you yeah. have you just have to listen to because they do full breakdowns of every single card in limited, giving them like a a letter grade and really giving you a big head start on people who don't listen to the podcast and don't research the stuff. It's just giving you a ton of information from people like one of the best players of all time, Louis Scott Vargas, literally giving you his thoughts on every card in the set for limited. It's, I mean, you just can't beat it. Yeah, and they also do cool stuff like crack-a-packs, where they'll crack-a-pack on the show, go through the cards, and talk about which one they would first pick. So it's a, I mean, if you want to learn how to be a better limited player, this show will 100% get you there. And Marshall's got it down to a science in terms of how they do the set reviews, when are they going to do team draft, whether they're going to talk about the sunset show, and talk, or they're also bringing the judge to talk about the mechanics and sort of detail the finer details of all that stuff. So really, it's a it's a, a great way to just make you a better magic player too, which is what I found. Yeah, this show is 100% focused on making you a better player. It's no frills, no whistles. They don't there's not a lot of joking around. They're yeah. a business. They are like, "No, this is how you win at limited." And so, you're getting advice from Luis Scott Vargas who is a Pro Tour champion, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah it's, it's real real brass up in here. You can find uh, all those episodes at lrcast.com. Another uh, podcast. I like this one a lot. Allied Strategies podcast. This features Neil Oliver, Ben White, and Tristan Killeen. Um, Neil Oliver, we'll talk about him later, is one of my favorite streamers as well. But they focus on competitive, professional-level magic. Yeah, limited and standard. Mainly limited and standard. They'll touch on modern if, it, if they have to do something with modern because of a pro tour or right. something like that. But in general, it's limited and standard. I really like their limited discussion. You know, once you get out of limited resources once you've listened to the limited resources for the week it's a little bit tough to find another podcast of that quality to and you're like but i still want to learn more about limited this week i only got an hour or a little bit more from limited resources well ally strategies is a good place to go for that now they don't always talk about limited sometimes they'll talk more about constructed which a lot of people i know are interested in that so that can be good um but i find their limited stuff to be especially good because neil is a very well-known limited guru uh, and Ben Weitz has actually been a up-and-comer on the Pro Tour, and I've seen his name pop up a lot lately uh, on different tournaments and things, so definitely a, a guy to watch. And then Tristan, Tristan is kind of the guy that holds the show together and tries to corral those guys into staying on topic and whatnot. Yeah, you can find the Allied Strategies podcast just by looking it up on iTunes or your podcast apps, but Allied Strategies. All right, let's talk about some streamers. Now, Jimmy, you really like to watch streams quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, I, yeah. I do it less often, but um, who are your favorite streamers? Well, the oh, number yeah, one top dog for me, good friend, Kenji, Numat the Nummy, Ega Shira. Uh, it's actually uh, Numat, Numat the Devastator. It's a card that he has an ADH deck around. Yeah, he, he named himself after a commander. I mean, yeah. you got to love the guy. Kenji, good friend of ours. He's the number one magic streamer. Yep. He With focuses, the most consistent schedule by far. By far. Um, he focuses mainly on limited, but he will throw in some standard uh, and stuff like that now and, now and then. He started actually back in the day by doing a full one-year stream. Every, every single, single day. day. Yeah, right now Caleb uh, DMTG is also doing it, one of my other favorite streamers. But yeah, he... Kenji's great because he will grind out a format when it first comes on. So it's like, oh, Ammon Cat Limited is here. I'm going to play 80 drafts of it by the end of this. So he, More than that. He's, he does a couple hundred drafts. I asked him yeah. one time, uh, I think we had that big weekend where we went to Vegas for Eternal Masters, and I asked him, I go, do you think after Eternal Masters you know, is gone that you will be the person in the world who has drafted Eternal Masters the most times? And he goes, yeah, probably. <laughs> because that's just how often he does it. Yeah. It's just very, the number of times he's going to draft a format is insane. Uh, 
It's great, too, because he'll talk over his picks. He'll even, you know, because he's on his 150th draft, he'll be like, all right, this one's a fun one, and just go off the rails and do something completely nuts and something that you would normally not do when you hit the table because you want to win. But here, like, you know, I've done this so many times. I've always seen this strategy. I'm going to try that finally this time and see if that's, it works. That's one of the things I actually like the most about Kenji is, like, because, you know, you can watch um, Owen Turtenwald stream sometimes uh, it's not as consistent and not that i'm not saying i don't like to watch owen draft or anything but kenji is going to focus on entertaining you also mm-hmm. so he's not just going to do the most optimal thing and pick the most optimal card he's going to try some stuff that you're like always wished you could try but you either don't draft enough or the opportunity didn't come your way yeah and kenji he drafts enough and the opportunity is going to come his way so he can try the stuff and sort of be a uh, segregate for you to be like i always wanted to try that let's yeah. see how it works but when it comes to being in game he's going to play his best and his tightest he got he lost in the semis of a ptq this last sunday he's he's been, he's been in the pretty finals. close to gp top eights a couple of times oh, here he's so close uh, to making the pro tour it's gonna happen it's gonna happen uh, oh it's guaranteed am, gonna happen yeah. he's on that level he's a of very player. good player yeah also i have a winning record against him a uh, lifetime <laughs> Just have to throw that out there. I'm two and one against him in limited oh, lifetime. Nice. So. I, I stopped counting because I lost too much. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, you can find him at Twitch. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Numat the Nummy. Great name. Can't recommend Kenji high enough. Especially with all these mummies running around in Amonkhet. Now is a better time than ever to check <laughs> out Numat the Mummy. Mumat the Mummy. Next up, we have Neil Oliver, also known as Trumpet Man. He is a limited specialist. You may remember he won the original Grand Prix Vegas from Modern Masters. And he's also one of my favorite streamers. He streams both on his own channel and on Channel Fireball. But again, a limited specialist. He'll occasionally play some other formats, but he always is, you know, he's he has like uh, bingo going on on the side of his stream, and there's always fun stuff happening. If you sub to him, you get to roll a little roulette wheel and get prizes. He's got a weird fixation with baguettes. Yeah, baguettes. Oh, that's yeah. a nice baguette. Yeah, but it's great. You, I mean, I love watching Neil because he's really entertaining and really friendly, and you can just tell he's a genuinely very good guy, too, which is which is always someone that I like to root for. He's one of those people, I think, that is very good at articulating the his thoughts and through his plays about why he's making decisions and things like that. Yeah. Things like that. Some streamers you'll watch, um, and they're very good players, but they're not good at communicating what it is they're doing or why. And maybe they're just instinctual in how they play, or they're just their brain doesn't work that way communication wise. But Neil is very good. Uh, that's why I like to watch him. You always feel like you get better yeah. when you watch Neil play. You can find Neil at twitch.tv slash Neil Oliver eighty eight. The other eighty seven Neil Oliver's already taken. Yeah. Uh, finally, we have uh, Gabby Sparts. She's been doing a lot more streaming recently. You may know her as a Pro Tour commentator. She's been on a lot of events now, uh, commentating alongside Marshall and LSV and Paul and all those guys. Uh, you can go find her at twitch.tv slash Gabby Sparts, and she'll play other games as well, but she has a great interaction with her community. There's a lot of interplay between her and her Viper squad. Viper the Brood, I Oh, yeah. Believe. The snakes are, are always out when, when yeah. Gabby's playing. She's, she's Viper. Yeah, she's very entertaining, very good Magic player. Um, I really like to watch Gabby play a lot. Yeah, and sometimes you even get LSV up in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, straight up, like, helping her draft and or drafting with her or just trolling her the whole time, <laughs> which is something he does on Paul Chion's stream as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, I, I, if you're looking for daytime entertainment for Magic the Gathering, Twitch is a great place to find it. Yeah, it's one of those things where you can bring up Twitch, bring up one of these streamers, and just sort of have it windowed in the side of your monitor while you're doing something else. Because 
it's not like game nights or something where every second you have to pay attention. It's very much, you know, like, oh, you can look away for a second, come back. You know, would you miss like a third of a turn or somebody thinking about something? And, and yeah. can, it's very easy to have it be sort of in the background. And uh, it's it's a great way to improve in Magic for sure. Yeah, and my favorite time to watch, of course, is when a new set releases. Oh, yeah. I love seeing how other people are drafting it and the success they're having and sometimes the crazy blowouts that happen too. All right, let's talk about the next section, which is Modern. Now, you knew we were going to talk about our good pals, our sister podcast, the Masters of Modern Podcast, hosted by Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. Top quality content focused on modern and competitive magic. They do a lot of interviews with pros also. Um, they talk about cool brews. Ben is quite the brewer. He likes to come up with crazy things that Alex usually tries to shoot down because he's more practical. <laughs> they um, do a lot of prediction shows, like what they think is going to come out in the next Modern Masters set mm -hmm. or things like that. They are Kessler is known for being able to call shots. He's called a lot of shots over the years in terms of what's going to get reprinted or what's going to happen here with X and Y, or even what plane we're going to in the next set. Yeah, so. Kessler is, he works in the game industry. He has his own game company. He does design games, so he's very very familiar with the business of gaming, and mm -hmm. I think that factors in a lot to how he's able to sort of call shots, as you, as you say, which is predict things that are going to happen that haven't come out yet and things like that. Uh, you can find those guys at collected.company. Of course, we talk about them every week, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on them here. But they are, hands down, the best modern-focused piece of content in the magic world right now. Yeah, and a big thank you to Terry for editing the show. You can find... Just kidding. <laughs> it's not the end. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Uh, yeah, so yeah, again, Masters of Modern. They're a sister podcast. We've known them forever, and of course, we will always support them. MTG Finance Time, a big topic that we don't really cover much on the show. Uh, we usually just like to talk about the playing and the deck building parts, but finance is a huge part of Magic the Gathering. Fortunately for you guys, there is a lot of resources out there. There are a lot of resources out there to help you catch up and make sure you don't you know blast a ton of money on the wrong thing yeah i think a lot of people think of like mtg finance focused content as like playing stock market or something and that they should only pay attention to it if they're trying to like invest in cards or something that's not yeah. it at all like most of these podcasts aren't even trying to have you make magic be a money-making scheme for you it's just trying to understand the way the market works in an attempt to keep your cost down so that you can play the game for cheaper it's not trying to be like you know how can i speculate on 100 copies of this card that's about to go up in value. It's mostly about how can I know that this card's likely to drop in value so don't buy it yet or go up in value so I should probably buy it now or right. I should trade for this thing because you know the card I have is going to go down while the card that I'm trading for is going to go up. Things like that. Uh, that's why I listen to MTG Finance stuff because I've literally never sold a card online in any way or in person ever. Um, but I still listen to all the finance stuff because I want to know like, okay, I do want that card someday. This thing just came out. It's probably going to make it go up, you know, 100% over the next six months. I, I'm going to grab it now so that, yeah. you know, I'm not paying double later. So. How are those Supreme Verdicts doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, the problem is we then then they ask us to be guests on their show. And so then I tried to do the MTG Finance thing. <laughs> you tried to go all the way instead of just learning from their lessons and Got making smaller, consumer-friendly choices. A couple hundred uh, foil Supreme Verdicts are going to be worth something someday, right? Yeah, I'll take one. <laughs> Right. right. So the, the podcast we're speaking of that we've both been on a couple of times is Brainstorm Brewery. Um, this podcast is hosted by Corbin Hostler, Jason Alt, who we've mentioned about 50 times already. And they've got a new host, Douglas Johnson, also known uh, called DJ. DJ. Yeah, when I call him Doug, Douglas Johnson, he doesn't like it that much. Uh, I want to give a shout to to Marcel and Ryan Bouchard, who were the old Brainstorm Brewery uh, hosts, but they've since moved on. We miss you guys. 
So this is a finance-centric podcast. They do sort of like pick of the week. So each person will pick a card that they think is likely to, you know, go up in the future. And they do a, a new segment called Breaking Bulk. And this is where each of them talks about a card that is worth money that you wouldn't necessarily know about. Mm -hmm. So something that's like a common or an uncommon that, you know, if you were going through somebody and looking to trade with them, you wouldn't even, you'd go right past that card thinking it was worth five cents when actually maybe it's worth 50 cents or a dollar. Yeah. Uh, you can find them online at brainstormbrewery.com. Yeah, I'd highly recommend those guys. In fact, Jason and Corbin are sort of the people we point everybody to whenever somebody asks us a question about finance. <laughs> We're like, I don't know, talk to those guys. Or 75%. Yep. Jason, okay. Uh, I've actually not listened to this next podcast, so you're going to have to hit it up. All right, so this is a n sort of newish one that I've found, and I do enjoy. It's called MTG Fast Finance, another podcast. It's hosted by Travis Allen and James Chilcott, who I think are both friends with the Brainstorm Brewery guys. Um, the Brainstorm Brewery podcast is a little bit more fun and entertaining. They they joke around a little bit more. This this show definitely is sort of less on the personality scale and more on the sort of business straightforward, you know. Get you some info. Get you some info. Download this important stuff into your brain. But it is a very informative podcast. They'll sort of talk about every card in Magic that has moved up a significant amount in value over the last, like, week and uh, analyze why, and then they'll go into, they also do sort of a picks of the week type of segment. And these guys are very knowledgeable about the finance side of the business. And yeah, I, I think it's a good podcast to listen to just to help try and save you money. Yeah, it's, I, I recommend anything that has finance in it just to, to try out. And if this is good, heck yeah, let's go for it. All right, uh, the final thing we're gonna talk about in finance is an app that I've been using for many years now. It's the MTG Trades app. Uh, it's a very basic application that updates with every new set. But the big thing that it does is that, let's say I'm going to look at uh, Kaladesh. I want to know what the prices are at Kaladesh. So I can sort each, each expansion for either A to Z, the card number, the rarity, or the price. So if I click price, I will, it'll update the expansion card prices, and I can see, okay, cool. Right now in Kaladesh, Chandra, Torch of Defiance is the most expensive, followed by Torrential Gearhulk, Virgis Gearhulk. And you click on each of them, you can scroll down, and it'll show you Oh, cool. This is where it's being listed on online, sort of the, the mid price for it and in what condition as well. You can also see the foil price of it. And, and for me, it's just like this is a great way to keep track of trades, cards that you are exchanging between you and your friends, but also just like, hey, I have, there's a tab called loans. And that, you know, that's something I do a lot, which is like, hey, just take five cards or whatever if you need it. Yeah, and you can keep track of who's got your cards. And yeah, I've got yeah. like a trade value between me and Craig where we both dropped cards to each other and we added up the values and stuff. And it's like a great way to just make sure that if you're doing a deal with a friend or whatever, you can keep a record of it. And also, if you just ever need fast reference on the card and its price, you can look it up. Very I use quickly. it a lot for when we do the unboxing videos because when that's all done, I got, I'm trying to like lay out because on the unboxing videos, if you watch them at the end, I'm sort of calculating the total amount of value that I've opened and it can be a pain in the butt. Yeah. But with that app, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, MTG Trades. Good app. All right, let's move to the next category of content. It's the news and current events. So this is the stuff that's going to keep you up to date on what... Oh, man, I'm behind. Wee. Oh. On what's going on in nice. the world of magic. Uh, the first one, back to our good friend Jeremy Knoll. It's a show called Split Second. Woo. Yep, it's on YouTube, and it's sort of a quick daily news wrap-up from around the MTG sphere. So We're talking very quick, by the way. It's nice and short and gets to the I point. I think it's basically always under five minutes, 
it, he'll just quickly go through like events that happen, bannings, unbannings, maybe anything that pops up in the magic community that's of important. He tends to mention commands in quite a bit. Um, yeah, we talked about his tasker, the Golden Fang deck, mm-hmm. on the commands in as well. Yeah, so this I'm looking at this most recent one, and it's less than two and a half minutes. So it's just a super quick wrap up of you know he's talking about some original magic art. He talks about. Um, all kinds of stuff on there, but just daily. It's, it doesn't come out every single day, but it comes out, you know, daily-ish. Yeah, and it's very slickly done as well. It's it's a clean, just nice delivery of some cool news. Yep, pretty so, sweet. Yeah. Uh, definitely worth checking out. The next one is the Daily Magic Update. So Blake Rasmussen, who uh, works at Wizards, and the Daily Magic Update is part of the Mothership, quote-unquote. The Mothership is how we refer to as the main Magic the Gathering website, the yeah. official one. Um, I love the Daily Magic update because it, it kind of does what this episode does, uh, and except Blake except it does it daily. Does it daily, and he goes all around to see. You know, it's like it's like, hey, check it out. We announced the new invocations for Emma or like here, here are the basic lands for the next set. And then it's like, here, check out these five videos that are talking about the daily spoilers, and here's what people are talking about. And at the end, they also do a, they usually do a like top twenty five rankings in the world of Magic players, so you can see where that's at as well. They do deck of the day, what people are talking about, you know. So you're scouring Twitter, YouTube, and the internet for all kinds of content. And it's a great just sort of like, hey, you want to catch up on everything in one in one post. Here you go, Daily yeah. Magic Update. The great thing about the Daily Magic Update is it aggregates everything for you, so you don't have to go around looking for what yeah. happened yesterday or early today. If you just check that every day, you'd sort of get a good look every day at the sort of new hot stuff that's going on. Yeah, um, totally. And another podcast that I enjoy um, is the MTG Goldfish podcast. It's hosted by, and I'm sorry I don't know all their last names because they don't list that anywhere, Chaz, Richard, and Seth. Now, Seth is Saffron Olive, whom many of you know. Um And it's sort of a weekly news and current events in the world of magic. It comes out every Monday. They sort of talk about, and it's an opinion show. They talk about their opinions. They they tend to be a little bit negative, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) It's still informative as to what's going on. And Saffron and Chaz and and Richard do have interesting perspectives because they all come from different parts of the business. uh, and, And so different things sort of matter to them and you get a good look around from different perspectives uh new changes and things that happen in the world of magic or are happening yeah all right let's move on to our next category magic stories and this is more of a broad way of describing stuff it's kind of just like a hero we're putting everything else here (laughs) these are all stories yeah they're all stories so (laughs) the first one is uh probably one of the most well-known uh podcasts it's the drive to work podcast with uh mark rosewater Mark Rosewater is obviously an incredibly insightful guy. He has been with Magic for a very, very long time. And he does two podcasts every single Friday, and he'll just talk about all sorts of stuff. So one of them is called Designing Rares. Another one is called Guild Pact Part 1, Guild Pact Part 2. So he'll go back to a set and really go dive deep into the decisions that were made in R&D, why they were made, and a lot of like... You get, you get to find out so much about the card game with these podcasts because Mark talks about stuff that you never would have known otherwise, stuff that's deep, deep, deep down in, in sort of the the halls of Wizards of the Coast and how a set gets designed. It's kind of, it reminds me of our creative process sometimes uh, episode, which is that, but it's the creative process specifically behind designing magic mm-hmm. where he'll really talk about what went into the decisions and why for, you know, different sets, specific sets. He also has a series that it's called 20 Years and 20 Podcasts, although I think they're going to pass the 20 years. Yeah. Because when he, <laughs> when he started it, there was only 20 years of magic, but now there's been more. Um, but he, he literally will dedicate a podcast episode to the year, you know, 
2002, and he'll just talk about everything that happened in Magic in the year 2002. He's and up it's to a, 2015 now, so yeah, and it's a great historical look of you know what happened in Magic, and because Mark has been so involved in it, he's like aware of all the things with the from the pro tour to to the design of each set to the ancillary products and everything and it's very interesting to get that perspective uh on magic from a guy who's so deep inside it so. yeah really really great uh magic man sam is our next magic stories guy. guy yeah magic man sam sam was on the show uh recently he's also just one of the hardest working guys behind the scenes and he puts a lot of time and care into his videos and it really shows yeah, I think one of the things you and I both identify with Sam is that we're always trying to improve our content and make it look the sort of slickest and most professional that we can. And Sam clearly has that same high standard. Uh, his stuff is very well polished, very well thought out. It's definitely, you can tell he checks it and rechecks it and rechecks it to put it out as perfect as possible. Uh, he He's even recently started doing things like, you know, he's working on improving his thumbnails. Like that's how deep into the minutia and the specifics of how the quality that he wants to achieve, which I think is really admirable. He tends to do a lot of sort of, what's the word, retrospectives on mm-hmm. on artists. So he'll do like an entire series on John Avon, but not just John Avon, on the way John Avon lose, uses light. Yeah. And then he'll do one on the way that John Avon uses perspective. And he'll have done a ton of research and show you a bunch of the artwork from John Avon showing you stuff you never even realized where you're like, holy crap, John Avon does like this certain style. And it come, and he'll even go like, it's clearly, um, you know, the, the style that he's using has been influenced by other famous artists in the past and blah, 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 and things like that. Uh, he goes super deep on stuff like that. Yeah. Super interesting. And he also likes to do sort of histories of certain cards and effects. Yeah, and he also does something called pack lores where he'll open a pack and then tell a story by going through each card and using the sort of orthosy aspect of it, which I really love too. So yeah, Sam's obviously a great guy. He puts a lot of work into his uh, into his videos, and if you haven't seen any of them, I'll just try checking out one of them that interests you, either it's the pack lores or maybe you want to learn more about Therese Nielsen's art. You're going to learn something, and you're going to have a nice time doing it. So. Yep, so go to youtube.com slash themagicmansam33. 33. The next one is also an article series, or is it an article series? Uh, uh, it's a story series. A story series on the mothership. It's, it's just the, called Magic Story now. Yep, it's just called Magic Story. There's been a lot of different writers contributing to it, but um, in, including our, our friend Allison Lures. Yeah, who was on the show. Who was on the show. So it's the official storyline of Magic the Gathering that's found on the mothership. So this kind of... I don't know if it officially replaced like the novels and stuff they used to put out, but it's kind of the equivalent now. Yeah, it's like little chunks, little stories, little chapters into the lives of uh, the planeswalkers and the planes and what's going on. So most recently we were on Amonkhet, and we know that Nicol Bolas has had some crazy effects on the plane, and we have the Gatewatch there sort of trying to figure out what's going on. And most recently Michael E. Chow posted the story about Gideon and him going through the trial of, I believe, Ambition. Ambition. Yeah, yeah, the Black Trial. So, yeah, it's a great way to, like, find out how the why the cards you're looking at has the art that it does and it's really cool because you're reading i was reading this today's art uh story and i was like oh i know exactly what card's going to come at the end of this and i kept reading reading it's like oh sweet there it is and i saw the card art and now i know why the card exists and it gives a little more impact for those that like the fun story aspects and the vorthosy part of the game as well as the gameplay mechanics yeah, very cool. Definitely worth checking out. It's also available in little bite-sized pieces instead of like a full novel, which mm-hmm. I think is a little less daunting for some people, which is great. Yeah. All right. Next is the Magic the Gathering Story Podcast, which is hosted by Blake Rasmussen, who we mentioned earlier from the Daily Magic Update. This is a be- behind-the-scenes look at the people 
who create the world's characters and lore of Magic the Gathering. Again, Allison Lewis has been on the show. Also, our good friend Mel Lee has mm-hmm. been on the show just talking about it's sort of the equivalent of what Drive to Work is, but not for the design part, for the story part. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Fun to see the insight. A lot like our creative process episode in a lot of ways. I I love seeing the insight. It's one of those things that you don't really normally get access to. And so the fact that we do get to see it thanks to this podcast, and it's great. Thank you, guys. All right. There is uh, a documentary that uh, made the rounds, I believe, almost a year ago now. Uh, It's called Enter the Battlefield. It was made by Sean Kornhauser and Nathan Holt. It's a feature-length documentary that documents Magic the Gathering and professional, mostly, Magic the Gathering players and what that means to be a Magic the Gathering player, a little bit of history of the game. There's a lot of really, really good stuff here, and it's shot very well, and you get a really good inside look, again, into some of your favorite players and people that you normally don't see talking on camera in a really frank and honest way. Yeah, the thing I'll say about the the original feature-length documentary is it's a pro-level documentary. It was on Netflix, um, so and it's feature-length. And also that has been adapted into now a series of short documentaries that sort of play during the pro tours but also can be found on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And they sort of follow a similar path, which is they'll go to like Madison, Wisconsin, where the Magic the Gathering scene is particularly robust, and they'll talk to people like Sam Black and 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 talk about the scene and how those people got into magic and, and what magic means to people. And they focus on the people and their stories, um, not just the magic part of it. So mm-hmm. uh, very high level, well done stuff by Sean and Nate. Yeah. If you look up enter the battlefield documentary, you can find it, I believe online. And then the last very last piece of content that we're going to point to today, because we're running a little bit long is Corbin Hostler's articles on the mothership. Now, Corbin is a guy who's a writer by trade, um, has, you know, has a, a background in the journalist world. He writes under the Magic Lifestyle um, banner sometimes on the Mothership, not always. And he will do, like, touching human interest stories. Yeah. Um, he's a very good writer. He talked recently about sort of a disaster, uh, a natural disaster that hit and how that brought a local Magic community together. Um we talked about, at some point in the past, an article that Corbin had written about a player named Brandon Burton. Um, Brandon is uh, wheelchair-bound and still managed to make it to the top eight of a pro tour with his grandmother actually playing the cards for him um, as he sort of advised her on what moves to make and such. And a very... I mean, this article might be one of Corbin's best articles ever. And a very it's an touching incredible story, story yeah. too. Yeah, that that's the beauty of the game. And it is truly available to anyone that wants to play it. And Brandon has had massive success on the Magic Online bracket, as well as now proving that he can do it in person as well, which is awesome. Great to see. Yeah, so those are the types of stories that Corbin's able to sort of bring to, to everybody and shed light on. And he does it in a really you know, well-written and elegant manner. And so I would encourage you to check out Corbin's articles on the mothership. Um, all those links, by the way, for everything that we've talked about on the show, um, some were shown on screen, mm-hmm. some weren't, but you can find those uh, in the show description, which will be below the video. There's a little box down there. Or in the text on collected.company. Uh, on iTunes, you won't be able to see the full thing, so I would recommend just going to collected.company to get all the links or going to the YouTube version, and you'll see the links in the more description box below. And I would also recommend that you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone yeah. and order all your sealed product and singles there. Amonkhet, still pretty new. 
you still want a lot of that stuff. Um, you want some of these cool invocations, by the way, because they look sweet. You should listen to the finance podcast and hear about what the sleeper picks are going to be for Amonkhet, and maybe you can pick them up at a great competitive price. Who knows? I will say that I think that both Brainstorm Brewery and uh, Fast Finance were letting people know they should pick up glory bringers when they were like a dollar 50 but now they're like seven bucks so yeah, that just goes to prove that you should listen to those guys and then go to card kingdom and get those cards before they spike yeah totally you can also get some cool stuff at card kingdom and at any lgs ultra pro is our sponsor for the show and you know what they make high quality products and one of their high quality products that they're going to make for us soon is our playmat but yeah let's just i mean i'm not going to kid around the eclipse sleeves are the real deal they're selling out everywhere and when we talk to them uh, they're like yeah we're actually trying to print to meet demand right now so yeah they're hard to get your hands on last i checked card kingdom did have eclipse sleeves in stock if you see them you should grab them because at the moment the production the amount of production that ultra pro can do is not meeting the demand because everybody wants these sleeves because they're that good yeah but they're definitely going to ramp up production hopefully and that means more great sleeves for everyone in fact when i go to gp vegas this year i hope to see a lot of a lot of uh what oh yeah I hope to see a lot of a few things. One, I hope to see a lot of you using hyper. Uh, I'm literally like trying to point subtly, but it didn't work. Yeah, uh, I, want, I want to see a lot of eclipse leaves, and I also want to see. Speaking of Ultra Pro, printed by Ultra Pro. Yeah. Here, I'll take one. Yes. Oh, Jesus, three. Okay. That's three. These are our new play mats. You've got at the point uh, that you're listening to this somewhere around ten days or so to purchase one, and then they're never going to be available again. It's our aftermath play mat, again printed by Ultra Pro because they print the best playmats in the business. Um, so you can follow that Kickstarter link. Again, it's in the show description. You have about 10 days, so Yeah, and I mentioned hopefully seeing them at GP Vegas. I don't actually know if we'll be able to ship them out prior to that, but... Uh, I think that the patrons may have it, but the Kickstarter people probably won't. Yeah. Uh, it's probably just the way that that's going to go, because we have to print a lot for the not for the kickstarters <laughs> there's been a whole bunch of interest in it um so which we're happy for very exciting all right let's go to to the listeners this is a very important one we talked about a lot of content today but there's definitely a lot that we missed yeah we did you a favor we hopefully introduced you to some magic content you don't know about now we want you to return that favor and let us know about your favorite magic the gathering related content that we didn't talk about yeah, so please tweet at us at CommandCast. Send us an email, commandzonecast at gmail.com. Post a comment on YouTube. Post a comment on collector.company. There's a lot. Uh, post a comment on our Facebook. There's Discord, a lot Patreon. Of way, there's a lot of ways to get at us, but we want to know what your favorite Magic the Gathering related content is out there that we did not mention today on the show. And sorry to all those that we missed. We'll get you on the next one. Yeah, exactly. All right. This is what we promised near the end of the episode. It is near the end of the episode. We're going to talk about GP Vegas. So if you are going to GP Vegas, stay tuned. This is important to you. If not, you can skip ahead to uh, the end step or, you know, you can just move on to your next podcast like, you know, the guys at Brainstorm Brewery or whatnot. <laughs> uh, we're going to be at GP Vegas. We have announced the date, time, and location of our big Vegas gathering. It's going to be the sequel to our 2015 gathering. Which was a huge success, had a couple hundred people. It's going to be a night, uh, or I, I should say it's a celebration of Commander and Casual Magic. One you'll never forget. So here's the date and times and location for those uh, that have a pen and paper, paper handy. It's also, there's going to be, on our Twitter, on Facebook, you're going to be able to find a little flyer that's going to have all these dates and times. And we're going to be talking about it more, so you don't have to yeah. write it down. I'll retweet this probably yeah. once a day so that it always keeps popping up in people's feeds. It's on the Thursday, which is June 15th. The time will be from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m., and it's going to be at a ballroom in the Plaza Hotel, 
Uh, most people will be able to get there with a quick Uber. Uh, again, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. We're going to have a lot of Commander being played, a lot of casual magic. At a certain point, there will be free drafts. Woohoo! There's going to be prizes and giveaways, and we're going to have food and drinks. Now, that won't be full meal, so please eat first, but we'll have snacks and drinks. And it's all free of charge. All you got to do is bring yourself and your EDH decks. Yes. And some trades if you're looking to do that as well. I mean, this is like essentially our own mini gathering before, you know, the hectic chaos of the GP as well. So it's a great time to meet people that you know enjoy Commander or maybe want to play a quick game against, uh, you know, just random people. It's a great way to test out some new decks. It's just also a great way to come hang out with all of us, uh, maybe get some games in with us as well. I can't promise that because I'll be running around most of the night probably organizing stuff, but yeah. We'll get games in, but it, unfortunately, there's going to be a few hundred people there. We're not going to be able to get games in with everybody, but yeah. we will get games in with some of you, and there's going to be a lot of community members at the party. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not willing to say names right now, but we know a lot of our friends that we talked about today on this show are going to be at the party. Guests. So yeah. uh, you definitely want to mark that on your calendar and make room for it. And if you're on the fence about going to GP Vegas or what day you're going, maybe this can sway you. You want to be there on Thursday night. Thursday night, June 15th, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. And again, if you're going to Grand Prix Vegas and won't be there on Thursday, don't worry. Josh and I are going to be around all weekend, and our goal is to play games with everyone, to meet as many people as we can, and to maybe even get some side events in with players as well. We're going to be around, so you're not going to just completely miss out on us if you don't see us on this Thursday night. Yeah, that's true. If you miss the gathering, you still have chances to to meet us, maybe play some games uh, the rest of the weekend. All right, let's move on to the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Jimmy, I have a show that I watch and I like it, but I also don't want to like it and I also don't know why I like it. Is it because it has a particularly controversial person running the show? Yes. I don't trust this person because I got burned on it once before. So the show is <laughs> The Leftovers. It's on HBO. It's in its... Oh, geez. Third, Final season. Yeah, it's in its third season, which is its last season. And the person that's controversial is Damon Lindelof, who was one of the creators of Lost. Maybe it's because it's the last season you can have a little more faith because it's, it's But the not, last season of Lost was not... Did yeah, not but they, they forced Lost to be extended by like four seasons, essentially. The thing that makes me feel a little better is this is based on a book. Uh-huh. So I'm assuming the book has some kind of nice ending that will make... Because here's what I'll say about the show. It's very compelling, but it's very confusing. And the reason that it's compelling is because it's confusing and there's an assumption when someone's telling you a story that all of these confusing little bits and loose ends are going to be explained and tied up at the end of the episode. Because Damon Lindelof and Lost, I, the back of my mind is going, he's not going to wrap this stuff up. He's not going to make you feel good at the end of it because, you know, that's what happened last time, which I'm not, it's probably not even all, all his fault from Lost. I'm just saying. Um, he talked about it a lot of times. Yeah. There's a lot of things that went into it. Yeah. So I, I'm throwing shade at Damon Lindelof. I shouldn't be. Uh, the guy's incredible, and he clearly knows how to, like, tickle that part of your brain that makes you want to, like, know what happens next, which is really what storytelling is about. What's in the box? Yeah. So Leftovers has been really good. I, I It's one of those things where you don't want to say it's the greatest thing ever until you see the end of it, but it's pretty good. It, it's pretty compelling. The acting's very good. And it's one of those shows you watch it, and you're like, I don't really know why. I like it because it's it's weird and it doesn't make sense sometimes. But, but you like it. But I like it. I keep tuning in. I, I, the first thing I saw when I looked this up was Damon Lindelof on making sure The Leftovers got a proper ending. So <laughs> That's I like the top of the Google. I believe he, I, I'm guessing due to the uh, outcry after Lost ended, he knows very well that 
I can't do that again. You can't do that again, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also excited, and I haven't watched it yet, but I've got it on TiVo. There's a new show on stars called American Gods, which is based on oh, cool. a Neil Gaiman book, which is one of my favorite books uh, from when I was younger. So I'll report back in on that in a future instead. How exciting. What a, great, what a great day and age to live in that we have all of this content. By the way, this is all free. You just need an internet connection, and you can get pretty much well. Except well, not for the, the leftovers. leftovers and American Gods, but he meant but all the content. Everything we else about, that yeah. we talked about. What a day and age that we live in that you can get all of this stuff right now. The hours and hours and hours the of content. Enter the battlefield for zero dollars. Zero. That's why dollars. you should support your creators if you do love them on their patreons. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, we already talked about the Masters of Modern, but you know we'll talk about them again. They're our sister podcast. You can find them. At the MM cast on Twitter, Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. Find them on collected.company right next to us, which is our magic hub. And our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. And Ooh. a big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer thanks. at Living Cards MTG on Twitter for making the Living Card animations to start and end all of our shows. Again, go to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast if you want to see video versions of the podcast. And you get to see card images. You get to see our faces. You get to see, the, in this episode, a lot of different faces because a lot of different people were talked about today. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. Big thanks to Terry for putting that all together. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.